Hello, and welcome to Illuminating Man, an intentional space created to explore the concepts of community, spirituality, and self-work from the perspective of men on the path of illumination. I'm Rai King. I'm sitting here with Ryan Albury today. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> People in the podcast can't see you gesture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are my little uh, tourist peace signs saying hello. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, all y'all out there. Um, so... What did uh, what did you want to get into today, Ryan? I think that we should like follow up with what we started with last week, which was um, you know exploring what what it means to be a man and, and what it means as a collective and as an individual, and then from there, like what what does this term or concept of men's work mean? I guess. So I think that, you know, what, what makes most sense to me is to go into, um, yeah, what, what do we work on? Like, what, what is that on a deeper level? What does, what does men's work or self-improvement, can you hear that dog barking in the background? Yeah, I can very clearly hear the dog barking. <laughs> he has, has a problem with something. <laughs> uh, gotta love Costa Rica. Um, so, yeah. Essentially, it would just be like looking at, um, you know, what what we would work on in men's work or in circle work. Um, just go from there. Cool. So you mentioned to me that um, in some of our previous conversations that you had, and in our last podcast, that you had some experience doing men's work. What was uh, what was your experience like? What did you work on? Yeah. So. Uh... As we've discussed privately a bit, um, my my experience with men's work is pretty limited in general. Um, men's work and men's groups. Um, I was a part of one group for um, probably a few months, two or three months, that I went semi-regularly and we worked with the archetypes from the book king warrior magician lover is that the name that's the, the name of the book right i always get the yeah. order messed up king warrior magician yeah. lover yeah douglas robert moore and douglas gillette are the authors mm -hmm. so then we would use different uh, exercises and practices within that circle to uh, to explore those archetypes and integrate them into into our lives and our into ourselves um, so my hope was to not talk about the word archetypes in our second episode, but uh, here we are. Um, what's your understanding of those, of what those are and how they influence? And how and, and I think, yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping to give a brief sort of like primer on that for anybody who's listening. So they're not wondering for the rest of the podcast what an archetype is. 
Right. There's that dog again. I'm going to mute this thing when you're talking because this dog, I think, has a... Um, I have a feeling you're going to, like, forget to unmute it the next time you talk. <laughs> um, archetypes. Yeah, so King, Warrior, Magician, Lover is a book... Uh, Robert Moore and Doug Gillette, I believe, are the authors. Yeah, that's right. And um, they posit that uh, these four energetic expressions um, are the basis, I guess, of of balanced masculinity as we somewhat defined in our last episode does that make sense so would you agree with what i'm saying so far yeah uh yeah i would i like how you said that um and so I don't. I don't have the exact definition of an archetype to uh, to give out. What, what? 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 How would you define an archetype, Brian? Well, I mean, it's always been a bit of a struggle to with people just entering into the world of archetypal theory. I guess you could call it to actually explain what that is. But uh, I saw it done a cool way uh, with a coach I was working with a long while back, Doron Geber. Um, sorry, Doron, if you ever see this and I pronounce your name wrong. He's a South African fellow, uh, now living in Israel, I believe. And I was working with him for a while. And he said, uh, he, when he was describing it to people that hadn't had any experience with it, he said, okay, now everybody in the room sit like a king or a queen. And everybody immediately um, you know, sat up all regal and noble and whatever, whatever wording you would want to use to describe that posture, but everybody knew the energetic was sort of like that. Right. And then he's like, okay, now everybody sit like a villain and people all kind of went like, you know, they crouched over or they made some face or whatever. Right? And so that's the, that's the best way that I've ever seen those uh, explained rapidly was it's just like these energetics that we, that we have access to. And sometimes they show up in our lives, you know, and, and, and run our life, or sometimes they show up in our lives, you know, momentarily subtly and, and influence the situation. You know, like if something needs to be done, the, the warrior energy comes online and, and, you know, we just, you know, put on our big boy socks or big girl socks, whatever, big person socks. And, uh, and just go to it without thinking about, oh, I, you know, I don't really want to do this. It's like, no, that needs to happen right now. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of the best, the simplest way. I mean, you know, uh, archetypes is A-R-C-H-T-Y-P-E-S. So anybody listening can just head on out and do their own research. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot on those. And, um, but yeah, I just wanted to give that that little bit there just so that, Anybody listening wasn't thinking about that word because I know I thought about that word for months. I was like, what the hell are these people talking about? They've got to be on something. King, warrior, magician, lover. It just sounded like some like 
bunch of nerds playing Dungeon and Dragons or something. Mm. <laughs> that was a dart, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to uh, affected by it or too pleased by it. One of the two. What's that? I said you don't look too affected or pleased by my dart. One of the two. I've never heard that term dart in that sense. A dart. It's like throwing a jab. Ah. Never like, heard you know, anybody say calling that. You a, I'm calling you a nerd because last time we were talking, you're like, oh, well, I was that when I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I've yeah, never played I mean, Dungeons and Dragons. You, you, can't, you can't offend me by calling me a nerd. That's just like... It's like <laughs> what can I call you to offend you? I don't know. Okay, we'll talk about that. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's something. <laughs> I'm sure there's something, but my mind doesn't want to like immediately bring it up. Because then biological I'm... male human, biological male human, <laughs> Just strip your malehood and masculine energy right away from you. No, that's as biologically male. That's as uh, that's as accurate as calling me a nerd. Yeah. Just... Oh. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll work on that for future episodes. On anyway, on so figuring out how to offend me. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're gonna get bored eventually. We're gonna, have to, like, <laughs> we're gonna have to have a fight on screen and like you know work to show people how to do some work and you know it's gonna yeah. it's gonna get spicy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So archetypes are to me at first I was like just they were confusing and then they were a write off because while they were confusing they were a write off because I didn't understand and then when I got it. And I actually work with them in my one-on-one sessions with people now. I don't call it archetypes. I call it something simpler. I call it parts or like parts of someone's self or parts of consciousness, depending on the person. But um, I've found that it is a very, very powerful tool to use as a map of where I'm at in any one moment. And which, which are those archetypes or parts of me are in shadow or are like, you know, acting from a wounded place or a limiting belief. So I'm, yeah, now that we're here, I'm glad that you actually brought up the archetypes. Um, yeah, they are a big part of men's work. But yeah, how did those um, how did those impact your life? You said you were there two or three months. What, what was your experience like in that two or three months? Because I don't even know. Like, really, I'm actually curious. This is not a put on for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, that was a, that was a while back. That was like, how long? Maybe seven years ago now. Okay. So it's tough to remember everything that was going on for me at the time. And I don't even like, I read that book as well. And I don't quite recall everything about it. So I could, I'm probably due for another read through of that book as well. Yeah, remind me later. I think I have the audiobook files on my computer. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. An audio audiobook would be nice. I've got a Kindle lately too, so I've been reading oh, yeah. on that. It's nice. Oh, nice. Um, but I yeah. So I don't. I can't re- really name any like specific experiences or changes that happened for me at the time. But I do think that it was transformative for me just to um have that space with other men uh to explore these ideas 
on a regular basis. And by these ideas, you mean the architects or, or be more beyond that? Um, beyond that, I, I guess, well, yeah, because, but, but that in particular, um, I mean, that's what we were working on specifically, but there was, of course, you know, everything, everything around it, like the king, you know, if you're studying the king archetype, that can be anything from like planning projects, you know, um, focus and, and overseeing um, things in your life. And so there's so many different avenues of exploration with, within, each, within each archetype. And what about the uh, what about that weekend you were telling me about that you wanted? Yeah, so um, that's that's. I mean, that's of course, as we said last episode, like all of the sort of bullet points under men's work could also be done by females or women or people identifying as female or as gender gender neutral. I don't know all the terms. But um, yeah, I mean, all those things could be done. But you know, it was a was that a men's weekend? The weekend? No, the we, the whole or like weekend, the workshop. The workshop, yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Th- well, it was like it was just a men's circle amongst other many many other workshops that were happening that weekend as well. So. And you said it was called primal skills. Yeah. So for, for those of you listening, I was at a uh, primitive skills gathering. Um, Again, this is probably around the same time, six or seven years ago. And, uh, and that was one of my first experiences with a men's group. Um, or a men's circle. Were there women at the primitive skills gathering? Yes. Okay. So it was, it was all genders and then there was a men's circle. Yeah, there was also a women's, women's circle at the same time. Oh, oh sweet. That's cool. Yeah. Were men uh, allowed at the women's circle? Were men allowed at the women's circle? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> no, don't listen to me. I'm just being a shit. Um, but women weren't allowed at the men's circle, so why would why would men be allowed at the women's circle? <laughs> I was just referring to the uh, some of the undertones of the other conversations we've had in the last episode and privately around what does it mean to be a man and how if I'm identifying as a woman, am I allowed to go to a women's circle when I'm clearly. Well, I mean, it, it, it actually was, it actually was left open that, um, anybody who like it's it, anybody who identifies as a woman could be at the women's circle. Right. That was, that was said. I don't know if anybody specifically said that about the men's circle, but. 
yeah, that'll be an interesting conversation when we go back to the, to that one of like. But yeah, I mean, uh, all jokes aside, essentially, like what, what what my vision is. We're talking about the king archetype is to have men's circles, have women's circles, whoever wants to join them, essentially, within a certain agreed upon set of parameters, um, would join them, and then they would also come together and have a circle. Um, you know, that's sort of my vision for the, And we did one. You and I did one. Uh, you and I and our, our group of friends, our community did one with uh, all genders. Um, but yeah, it's something that I want to see regularly happening in, in communities. Are you talking about the the full moon ceremony we did? Yeah. Yeah. It had some, well, it was a circle, but it, you know, it was, had some work happening there, so. Anyway, um, so you went to this weekend and, or this workshop and it was four days, you told me, and there was a men's circle. I didn't know there was a women's, I didn't even know there were women there. And there was a women's circle. And you said that that was an MKP, a mankind project uh, men's circle, correct? I'm pretty sure, yeah, if I recall correctly. And was that where they did the, you did the archetypes? Or, oh, no, that was in the one that you attended for two, three months that did the archetypes. Yeah, that was a, that was a separate, separate entity. Right. I'm, I'm trying to think of which one I went to first. Actually. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Hmm. Like, I, I feel like the, the men's circle at the primitive skills gathering might have been the first, the first one that I went to. So when you say primitive skills gathering, um, you know, it's fascinating to me that they had a men's circle there and a women's circle there because, you know, often to go into some sort of like archetypal teachings here for a moment, the often when people think of skills, they think of uh, I can build a box or I can bake muffins or, you know, like whatever. There's, but those are all external focus, right? So I, I find it amazing and beautiful that they had, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual circle work included in, in, a, in a, we call it primitive or primal? Primitive. Primitive skills gathering, because like, to me it is, an, it's an essential skill. Mm -hmm. you know, hence why I've committed so much of my life to this thing called men's work, is like I find those skills to be essential now. And, uh, you know, as far as the archetypes go, like, yeah, sure. These skills, you know, building a fence or preparing food, not to say that any gender should should be doing those or shouldn't be doing those other or all skills. But, it, it, you know, that that external focus is often very warrior, like hands on, um, get it done, go out and do something. I have the skills to go out and do something. You know, I need to go, you know, whether it's a, whatever gender it is, whether to go out and um you know, capture an animal or hunt an animal or build something to keep animals out of my vegetable patch or whatever. It's very hands-on, that warrior energy. So it kind of covered, um, kind of covered two of them there. What about the other two? We got king, we got warrior. What's your take on the, the magician and the lover side of things? How do you interpret those? Well, um, uh, 
I feel like I can talk about the lover a little more easily. Um, the lover archetype to me is that part of yourself that you can embody that really experiences joy. Um, I look at playfulness as being a part of that. Um, and then obviously uh, romantic love as well and connecting with um, practices that make you a better a better lover, like a more attentive, communicative, um, more present, present lover in your relationship, relationships, all relationships, I guess, too. Like I would say that when you- Community is a big part of lover. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say that what, what we're doing right now is is part of the lover archetype at least to some extent right like um yeah i mean uh, you know as we've talked about the, from my perspective it's like nothing that gets done is without one of those or sorry without all of those mm. so it's like yeah like you know building a fence may be typically very warrior energy yet if if it's being done in a specific way, you know, with a lot of heart, with a lot of connection between the people, maybe they did some sort of ceremony at the beginning uh, to like connect, you know, like we're all going to do this thing together. You know, you could bring in that, that, that other energetic, that lover energetic alongside the war and have them equally doing that task. So I don't, I, to me, there's no like, oh, this is just warrior. This is just lover. It's like, it's always this sort of, I guess, melting pot or like swirling energetic of like what's happening right in the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, lover for me is just um, a lot about connection and community and emotions. Um this, that's the very simple, simple. I mean, in that book, we're talking about King Warrior, Magician Lover. This is a complete, there's like a whole chapter on it. There's the, there's the immature aspects of it. There's the shadow aspects of it. There's the fully realized or fully mature aspects of it. So it's quite a science. It's, it's we're really simplifying it here, but for what we're doing, it's appropriate. Yeah. It is yeah. quite in depth and it's complex how they all interact. Well, that's something too that we could explore in the future is uh, even just like an entire episode on each each archetype. Yeah, totally. Um, it would it would be good for me, and it sounds like it'd be good for you to like really be sharp on those things because they they can play such a big role in um, in the work and in uh, and they have in my life and. It, it would be good to have something where someone can just go listen to it and feel like they understand at the end of it, like in simplest terms, yeah, providing the information and, and the possibilities of deepening into it on one's own once they got the foundation. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and so, then, so the magician archetype, um, 
I guess I kind of look at that as the the spiritual aspect of things. I mean, being someone who like actually practices magic to some extent, I think that like I I embody that archetype at least a little, but for some reason when I think of like describing the magician archetype, I don't uh I don't know exactly what to say about it. So how would how would you describe that archetype and yeah, the, the magician is like, well, I, I, whenever I'm explaining this to people, I always break them down like, um, lover is like the emotional stuff, connection stuff, warrior is like the physical body and the physical world and our actions, um, magician is like the mind, the conscious mind, the subconscious, the collective conscious, the collective unconscious, um, it's technology, it's like the, the alchemist. Um, it's the one who goes, it's the one who goes in and, um, works with the inner world, the lower yeah. world. So like uh, working uh, with your core beliefs and that sort of yeah, stuff would totally be the magician work. work. Yeah. Totally. And transforming them, right? Like it's yeah. magician, shaman, alchemist, like all those things, right? They, the scientists are, are very magician-y, um, Intellectual people are very magician archetype center centric. Um, like I'm, I guess I won't use myself to feel fairly balanced in all of them now or them regularly. But you know, some people typically start this type of work associated with with one of them primarily, almost like the love languages. You know, it's like my primary love language is blah blah blah. My primary archetypal identity is, you know, this or that, and and again, anybody who's like specializes in archetypes would be able to just ask them a question and they would probably change their answer because it's so, it's just where the mind goes. It's not, not necessarily accurate. I used to believe I was very like warrior energy and I, and I still believe that, but why I went to men's work was the, the lover and the, and the magician. It was like the connection, the community, the emotional regulation, the emotional intelligence that I, that I didn't have. Um, at the time and um, and what to do about my thoughts like these plaguing thoughts and these plaguing like beliefs about myself that I was a failure and it was always going to be this way and, and you know that no one was ever going to want me and that like and and like fuck the world and like all these beliefs right so it was like really I was I was way more in lover and magician but I, I had a, an, an ego identity that I was way more warrior but it wasn't really true because I was not working at my business at the time, like full time. I was not getting stuff done. I was, you know, but I just believed that I was, you know, mainly in that archetype. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, um, people always want to associate with one of them, but it always is sort of a dance between these energies, these ways of being, if you will. Um, but yeah, the magician, like you say, is very much about the mind and intellect and processing and transforming. And, um, you know, in this, he's often like the, the advisor to the king too. Like the king might have a vision. Like I want this to happen in my life or in my realm, as we say it in the archetypal language. And, and the, the magician, the part of us that contemplates, the part of us that's intelligent, 
will actually say, okay, I see your vision, uh, King side of this human, or, you know, I see your vision, Ryan, or I see my own vision. It's like, okay, now how can I, how can I create that? How can I manifest that? How can I use the right actions to, to build that? Uh, how can I use my lover to build it with heart? You know, so it starts to get into this sort of like dance of ratios of energies. Um, but I mean, is that, does that make sense around the magician? Archetype? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Makes sense it's all about to the mind and the intellect, the, the clarity of like how the vision will happen, but they don't, you know, they don't, it's not so warrior as like, this is how the vision is going to get done. Mm. And you can hear like when I say it, my voice changes, right? Kind of like a little exploratory voice about the magician. And then I, when I have more warrior and you're like, this is how it's going to get done. This is the action happening. This is the completion. And then the, you know, the, the lover is very like, you know, this is why we're doing it. This is, this is who we're doing it for. This is like the energy we want to put into it. So, I mean, you mentioned that piece about spirituality. And uh, in this, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind about men's work being like a pie chart right now. And like archetypes is one slice of the pie chart for me now. Um, and in this slice of the pie chart, I think the lover is actually, you know, it depends who you ask too, but what I've been reading and I was actually designing a workshop recently last year um, about uh, masculine feminine energy and lover archetype and tantric um, yogic practices and um, still in the works. But the, I was reading up about the lover because we were going to focus. It was like awakening the evolved lover or something we were calling it. And uh, I was reading up the book, the, the Lover, specifically in King Warrior, Magician Lover. And it said in there, if I remember correctly, that Lover is actually the most connected to spirit and spirituality and creation. Because it is about creation. It's about like the, um, the I mean, I'm going to go a little bit like, I don't like the term. Is there a better term than woo-woo? Like esoteric, I guess, is what the one that I like. Esoteric or there's one that starts with an M too metaphysical uh, metaphysical esoterical metaphysical whatever um esoteric uh, is a good good word way better than esoteric woo-woo. yeah i want to smack woo-woo. like i mean i you know we shouldn't talk violence but like i want like, it's like it's one phrase that i wish would just go away whenever i hear it i kind of like oh yeah i, I wish i would put that in the garburator yeah and just turn it on for like a good 10 minutes and just chop it so it's no longer <laughs> able to be done um anyways so the yeah they were saying that lover is actually the most connected to it but then you know i always obviously think magician magic spirituality so it, it is also connected there because when we think of how the mind works it's like yeah if i'm fully present i'm present to this motorcycle that seemingly keeps driving up and down the road and i'm present to this fan that's blowing on me right um the you know so if i'm fully present like that that level of mind like awareness of my surroundings but then it's like okay that's surroundings what am i aware of in my thoughts okay my thoughts are going super rapid or my thoughts are just are just moving kind of gently like like gentle waves lapping up at the shore in the morning it's like a very peaceful calm thought process happening or the or i'm clear of thoughts in the moment because the mind is so well trained that it's, you know, it's waiting for me to tell it to do something. Um, 
you, you just, and then you go down into like core beliefs and like beliefs about self, beliefs about the world, beliefs about money, beliefs about relationships. And that's usually a little bit lower, like in the subconscious. So like a belief, a core belief that I had in the past about money is like, you know, I'm never going to make enough. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to have money. And I didn't even know about that belief until I started doing work. Anyway, I'm just using that as an example to show, you know, the layers of the mind. Below that is like, okay, so where did all these things come from? Sure, they came from my environment. But then we get to the level of archetypes. It's like, yeah, but are all those beliefs actually inherent in us? Every belief and our environment and our genetics just activates them. You know, one set of circumstances leads me to believe that I will never have enough money. But does the rich kid have that belief too? It just never gets activated like genetic expression. So it starts going deeper and deeper and deeper to where we start to say, oh, okay, so who am I? And then we get below the ego into the self. And then we get, and then, so that can be a route into spirituality also, right? So when you say magician is the one that you would think is the most spiritual, it's not wrong at all. It's, I think what I'm trying to say here is that they actually all are. Yeah. And yeah. In, in the book, they say lover. Uh, but I, I, didn't, I haven't read the book recently enough to know what they say about that in all the other ones. But in my research for this course, it was like, the lover is the most connected with spirituality, if I remember, yeah, how they worded that. It's the center of, of the spiritual aspect of us. That, 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 I was that, surprised that, that kind of makes sense to me. Um, like the lover would be the, the most like connected to source, the most basic um, yeah. form of spirituality in that sense, whereas like, the magician like would be energy. getting into pr practices and rituals, right? And yeah, and, and transforming what is to be more in alignment with what it really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then the king is the vision, right? It's like, and if the king gets far enough out of the way, he's a very high level king where he's he's actually hollow, and spirit is giving him the vision and the mission. And the warrior, same thing. If he's actually so present with his with his work that he's not living in thought, he's not living in emotion, he's not living in this drama or that drama or the past or the future, the warrior or or anybody, then that's the presence is like one of the greatest practices of spirituality. Also, so you mix that presence while the warrior is doing a task, chop wood, carry water, and the and the sort of ability of the magician to when a thought does come up to, to let it go using the letting go process or transmute it or go into the deeper beliefs or like all these different other categories, you know, that's when they all start really working together. And, and there's, you know, we think of this pie chart, like a pizza. It's like the pizza's never been cut and the pizza is the box also. And the pizza is the person who delivered it also. And the pizza is the pizza, the pizza factory or the pizza shop. And then it's also this town that it's in and the planet and it gets, you know, there's no, we can divide them up to talk about it. And, and this is super theoretical shit talking right now, but it pertains to what we do in men's work. It's like, we look at all these categories, our mind, all the levels of it, our emotions, our being, all the levels of it, our connection with spirituality, all the levels of it, our vision, our mission, our purpose, all the levels of it, um, our actions, words included, um, what we do in the world when we get out of our own egocentric self and into realizing the 
the deep connection. And if people have actually experienced it, we can talk about oneness. And, and if, they're, if they've integrated that experience into their way of being, it's really like we're working with all of that in men's work, but it, we usually start with how can I have a better life? You know, and then we could start looking at all these different arenas. Well, you know, is your mind fucking you up or are you like way too emotional or are you like not taking the right action or any action at all or you have no vision? I mean, I just described it myself a few years ago right there. Our emotions were all fucked up. I wasn't doing the right actions and sometimes no actions at all. My mind was focusing on the past and the future and the fear and the pain. I didn't know what the hell I was, the point of life was. Like what, what we're even doing here? Why, why do we even bother with all this shit? Yet I have this drive to like have these things and have these experiences and like connect, but I don't, don't understand why, right? So all of these things we're talking about, about archetypes, really, as much as it's theoretical shit talking, it's also once it comes to a level of integrated understanding, it's highly, highly beneficial to, at a certain point. And then after a while, it's not, it's not that crucial anymore. But at, for a certain period of time, it's highly beneficial to become aware of our totality or that portion of our totality, I should say, and, and where we're at with all those things, where we're at with our actions, thoughts, um, deeper mind, emotions, connection, community, vision, mission, purpose. It's a really easy map to use once it's once someone understands it. And take that map away and you can still work with all the same stuff. It's just kind of like imagery on one level to, to be like, okay, so let's check on that thing that we all agree upon that we talked about this way. But you don't need that. You can just be like, hey, what you could just say, what what actions are you taking? Are you happy with your actions right now? You know, are you doing the right thing? your emotions are. don't need all that fancy language but you know, for nerds like me and you, you know, I'm a, a closet nerd <laughs> well, uh, I think that the archetypes you can the, like what's good about them is that for one it gives you these four distinct categories that kind of remind you of certain aspects of your life that you need to keep in keep in check and keep in balance and also each of them has its higher expressions and its lower expressions yeah that's uh, good and and so those like i feel like the archetypes themselves like have have a life of their own if that makes any sense you know well i mean to someone it might not but to me it does yeah like they feel like a real they're ent entities. entity within you yeah i mean yeah when you start asking bigger and bigger and further and further out questions that don't necessarily pertain to the ego itself you start to get a lot of interesting experiences of you know, what's, what all these things really mean and how amazing that it really is to be human and all the different aspects of it. Yeah. 
so that was a that was a good primer on the archetypes there. I wanna I wanna continue talking about my experience at that mankind project uh, circle, just because the 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 story I was telling you yesterday I think is really good to share. Um, oh right, yeah. go. So again, this may have been this might have been my first experience with a men's circle and we uh one of the initial processes in the in the circle was to go around and clear any existing charges and do you want to give a quick description of what a what a charge is Ryan. Yeah, so it, in the Mankind Project, that process is called a clearing. But it's clearing charge. And a charge is essentially if I have any uh, thoughts, emotions, judgments, perceptions, energy, emotions towards another man that may be affecting me to the level where it is preventing me from being fully present in what we're doing. So, you know, if, what that might look like is that if, uh, if you said you were going to pick me up at 4 PM and you didn't pick me up at 4 PM and because of that, I lost $500. Um, I might have a charge with you. And like, uh, conversely, you know, if I think that you're a really good guitar player and I, every time you play, I just get so excited and I really want to, um, you know, I really wish I was you because you can do this thing. And, oh, my God, you get all these women, like 10 women sitting on your lap at once and like getting all the grapes. Like I might have a charge with you. Like I want to be you or like I'm jealous of your life or whatever it is. Right. So it can be on the positive or the negative side. Um, but, yeah, does that you think that makes sense to someone who's never seen that before? I think so. And and, okay. and so I've got my example here as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, so there was just this guy. And for whatever reason, I just Did had... Did you think he was a fucking guy at the time? Like, this fucking guy. Like, was it like that? <laughs> this fucking guy. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's just when the when the facilitator was explaining like, okay, we're going to go around. If you've got a charge with anybody, you can clear it. This is what a charge is. And I wish I could remember exactly how he explained it because he explained it in such a way that I just realized that this strange feeling that I had towards this dude who was in the circle. I don't know what it was like some part of me wanted to tell him to fuck off some part of me wanted to fight him i don't know like what it, for no reason at all like there's there was absolutely no interaction that i had with this guy beforehand but anyway so i brought it up and i went through the clearing process with that and had to like sit there and tell this guy like hey i've got some issue with you i have no idea why or what it is but it's there and then to which is which is such a seemingly insignificant thing you know like i could have easily just like 
buried that and not dealt with it for that entire weekend. But to have that opportunity to bring that up and clear that space definitely allowed me to be more present in that circle and probably so more- on the level of like energy and body sensations what was the difference um well i was definitely i mean again this is six six or seven years ago but i was much more relaxed um yeah. like there was a sense of relief because there was something that was bothering me and I could have ignored it, but it would still be there, you know? That's like a mosquito. Like yours may have been like mosquito or like wasp sized or whatever, you yeah. know, bat flying around in the room. Or it could be a fire breathing fucking dragon. Like, like that's the, the range of charge, right? So it's cool that you got to experience it on what sounds like a more subtle level. Like I don't really know. It's just this energetic, like, I'm, I'm not fully centered and present right now. I'm like off put by this guy. Yeah. Like that's maybe the best way is like, am I centered when I look at each person? It's like, yeah. Or no, as soon as I look at you, it's like, I'm off put. There's a charge. Yeah. So that for me was a really profound experience and, and I've, it has stuck with me for a long time. And I think that's a, a really great, important practice. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, process for many reasons. In my experience of it, um, what it what it does is it allows us to be fully authentic, and it allows us to be, uh, you know, he might have gotten something from that too. Yeah. He might have been like, oh, yeah, I am always scowling or I am always like, you know, like burping and farting or whatever when someone's doing a guided meditation. I don't know what, what the hell it was. but <laughs> um, And he might have been like, oh, weird. I didn't know that, that impacted someone else like that. So for you to take the first step and be like, I don't know what it is. Let's explore it. And him to be like, oh, let's explore it. And for everybody out there listening, it's a specific set of questions. It's not like, oh, hey, when you do this thing, it, I think, fuck you. So fuck you. It's like, no, no, you go in and you, you, someone's facilitating the two men, the man with the charge and the man that, that is, has the charge, uh, the man with the charge has the charge with. So there's a facilitator there that has a set of questions that's, that's been designed to get the man with the charge deeper into himself, to understand what is happening for him beyond the external perception, whether he's conscious of what the external reason is or not. So it's all about shadows and projections and inner child wounds and all the stuff that we find out that then we, when we become more aware of them and we might have to do some, some deeper work, sometimes people get emotional. Sometimes people need to do some screaming or some crying to really realize that they've suppressed this thing their whole life and that it just comes out in these weird little ways onto people you know you've experienced me have a charge with you and it was completely like unreal well not completely it was, it was for what happened to what the reaction was 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 in my judgment out of proportion right so that's where it's super clear when it's a fire breathing dragon like that 
but it's those little ones that, that are important too, right? Because, you know, you get to release something from your energetic body, from your emotional body, from your psyche, from your physical body that, that you might've been carrying for a long time. And so that man that you had a charge with, you know, he might take something away from it. You felt lighter, more relaxed, right? But this process is beautiful also because then if there's something happening, you know, like if someone's, if someone's in some sort of other process and I won't, won't give away all the secrets of men's work right now, we do some processing, but um, if someone's in some other process and you're looking over at this other guy, like, fuck, I hate you. Like, I wish you weren't here. I actually kind of want to kick you right in the throat. Then you're not going to be fully present for the man who might be doing a trust fall or who might be like conquering his fear of heights by climbing something. And we're all holding a giant fucking tarp or sheet or whatever below to catch him if he falls so he knows that we've got his back well if i turn around to look at you because i'm so charged with you and he falls right on the spot that i'm supposed to be holding and he falls through it's not that good right so it, it really gets us on board with everybody there and that's called building a container it's like and we talked about this in the last call building a safe space to practice to push our limits to, to push through things so that we can show up you know in our world differently, our internal world is transformed, you know, as a, as a process, not as it's like, it's not transformed and now it is, but the world can be transforming, but we need a safe space to do that. And that clearing process you're talking about is a very, very important part of that. As with the extreme examples I just gave of some man falling because I was focusing on kicking you, falling into where I was supposed to catch him. Or I could give him good advice, but on my head is thinking about um, good advice if he asks for it. Um, but my head is thinking about, you know, how much I don't like what you did earlier or whatever. Right. So that's a very important process. in any of this work is to be, is to have a clear, clean container, which means all the men in that, in that space have a clean relationship in that moment. Something else might need to happen later, but in that moment we can move forward because we've got somewhere where, where it's like, okay, I can put that down now for now. Let's move forward. We'll deal with the rest of that later. So it's very important for building that, that safe space. But, but by that, I mean a space where it's like, okay, we've come to a level where we trust each other enough to move forward. It's never going to be full trust because people have trust issues and all the other things. But we get to a place where everybody can raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm, good. I'm ready to move forward. So I'm super stoked that you experienced that. And when you are telling me about it yesterday, I was like, wow, that's amazing that that happens outside of my community, you know, I'm just, the only thing I'm familiar with is my little community of MKP and BC, but I forget that it's worldwide. Mm. Other people experience that shit. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. So, what else did you experience in that group? Anything else that sticks out? No, I don't remember anything else from that night. Oh. You're just so relaxed after you cleared your charge. That yeah, that was it. Blissed out. <laughs> yeah, no, Bring I don't. Some really... lavender on your third eye and go home. <laughs> it was uh, it, again. It was a long time ago, so I've kind of forgotten yeah. everything else. And that's, it's it's interesting that that's the one point that really stood out to me. But that that was the one. Well, it's, all, it's one of the most pertinent to human relationships. Yeah. Like how often have you walked around with a charge and not cleared it? Yeah. I mean, I can speak for myself and say like 
some large percentage of my life, I've had a charge with something or someone every day. Mm. I mean, now, thankfully, I've gotten to a level where I can clear those things on my own pretty rapidly by seeing the truth, uh, a level of truth of it. But for a while there, it was like, man, I was always charged. Mm. And it's draining physically. Yeah. Mentally, emotionally, also, but physically. For sure. Um, yeah, so in, I'll share some of my experiences now. How much? We've got 20 minutes. How long have we been going for? Uh, we've been going for about an hour now, I think. I don't have, oh, okay. I don't see the exact time, but yeah, keep, keep on going. Tell, tell us what else we might have experienced in that circle. <laughs> um, if I could remember what happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I don't know. Did we, did we talk about this last episode with sort of like our, experience with men's work did i already say like how long i've been doing it blah, blah, blah. maybe but whatever okay well whatever um so i i got into men's work about five 2021 right now five years ago yeah it was about september uh 2016 and i had actually googled uh how do you get your ex back because at the time i thought that was what i wanted <laughs> and uh you know, I got, a, I, I got into all these articles and YouTube videos and whatever, and they're talking about what it means to be a man and how to keep your partner attracted to you, essentially, so that they're not leaving you slash walking away. They're all constantly coming towards you. And um, so I got into this sort of dating and relationship coaching stuff on YouTube and articles, and, and then it started leading to these books about masculine feminine energy. And then I was just like, mind blown i had no idea that this any of this even existed so i, I went to my friend andrew hi andrew uh andrew dow elements uh movement studio in powell river british columbia canada we'll plug there for you and um yeah so he's he, i went to him i said let's start a men's group and i didn't know that there were such things as men's group but i just wanted people to be learning this stuff that i was learning so uh, fast forward, we joined this men's group that he already knew about rather than starting one day. They told me about this, this organization, the Mankind Project. And April 2017, I went and did one of their training weekends called the New Warrior Training Adventure. Um, look it up. You'll find out all the stuff that says it's a cult and you'll find out uh, all the stuff that says it changed my life for the better. And I'm a whole new man and my whole family finally sees me again and loves me again. So you'll find both. You'll find the shit that says that it's a cult, you know. You find the beautiful stuff too. To be clear, and, uh, it's not a cult. <laughs> no, it's not a cult. I mean, I mean, in my definition, in my experience, I've spent thousands of hours there. And it's, I don't see how anybody thinks that, but uh, anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's for me, it's a community, and um, you know, I spent a lot of time there, and yeah, so so essentially, for me, men's work, what happens is there's there's, you know, men's groups, which is, uh, you know, typically like weeknights, two, three hours. Um, there are men's workshops, you know, maybe they're online, maybe it's uh, a weekly thing, two hours an evening, maybe it's a full day, maybe it's a full weekend, a weekend intensive. The New Warrior Training Adventure is a 48-hour 48, 48 intensive. 
uh, and it's intended to be um, a deep dive into the next level or the first step of someone's uh, understanding and expansion of them, themselves on many levels. I won't say all levels, but many levels. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've had some of the most beautiful experiences doing my own work, uh, men's work, in in these uh, in these groups and these weekends. We do a lot of like uh, vulnerable sharing. We do a lot of like, uh, which takes some courage sometimes, you know. Like I was programmed to not share my emotions, and then I would stuff them all, you know, whether it was joy or sadness, like deep joy for fear that people would squash it or sadness fear that people would attack it among other things and and so yeah there's like a lot of vulnerable sharing there's uh there's listening skills we practice listening skills so that we can better hear our our people that we want to listen to hear ourselves there's self-inquiry there's that magician transformation stuff that we talked about there's experiences that we have that uh that provide us the opportunity to choose to go very deep or due to the circumstances of our lives force us to go very deep. Um, and ideally there's a good container and a good group of facilitators there that can help us to, to have those breakthroughs. If you, if you will call them that, that's what I like to call them breakthroughs into the next level of experience, the next way of being the next um, level of consciousness. There's lots of ways to say it. Emotional intelligence work is a big one, you know, knowing what emotions are, knowing what the emotions are, knowing how an emotion feels in our body and where it feels in our body, the somatics and the sensations, the energy body, uh, how they all connect um, and how our thoughts connect with those things. Um, I mean, I'm giving a very wide swathing overview of uh, all the things, but um, you know, there's accountability there. It's, it's like, hey, this is what I'm going to do this week to really uh, serve this situation in my life or my life. Why don't you and give us? Why don't you give us maybe a, a more specific example of something that you've done in in session in a in a men's group that uh, that was really transformative for you? Maybe mm-hmm. one one experience that you can think of and Holy shit. what what it where you were before and where you got to after can sorry to put you on the spot okay. well let me finish with the let me finish where i was going with the other thing because i'm almost there. sure so after the accountability thing and accountability for some people is super important because they like me uh because if they don't have someone to answer to and i don't like answering people so it's kind of funny but they don't have someone to answer to. If, so, if someone's not going to be there on the other side, then they can get slippery. I can get slippery and be like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, mañana, whatever. Um, and then the last day, I mean, there's lots of it uh, in all of these archetypes or all these aspects of being a human. And the last one would be um, really deepening into our mission and purpose, you know, whether that's ego mission, soul mission, spiritual mission, all of it, getting them aligned on all levels is the ideal practice so mission and purpose is a big part of that and and then that guiding our actions um, and our relationships also now uh the piece that you've asked for that i'm for some reason struggling to think of one that i can share but there's lots 
Well, what's the first one that comes to mind? It doesn't have to be like a huge. Oh yeah. Okay. So I had a girlfriend tell me about um, rape before when she was raped and uh, the immediate thing that came to my mind, uh, especially because she told me the names of the people who uh, did that. The immediate thing that came to my mind was to hunt them down and do bad things to them. Um, so that's not a very healthy energy to live in for very long. Thankfully, I grew up in a way that uh, those things didn't come to fruition when those would come to, come to my mind, yet they often would come when I would hear about bad things. I'm going to do something, some redemptive act, uh, make them see what they did, you know, that type of revenge. Uh, what's the other word? Um, uh, I really want. I really want to use the other word. What is it? It's like the vigilante, that vigilante shit. So I, I knew that, thankfully, and through talking with my friends who are in men's work and coaches and counselors and whatever, uh, I knew from talking that I had to. I had to let go of that because there's really, and that's not going to help her. She doesn't want that. She doesn't want me to go kill someone or beat the shit out of someone. Like she does. It's the last thing she wants. It's gonna cause all sorts of negativity for her, right? So it's, it's all, that was all about me and me trying to process my feelings, the anger and, and like the, I'll just leave it at anger and the grief, the fucking grief of that anger and grief. The anger is trying to try to do something so that the grief can go away rapidly. The grief that that shit happens in our world. And I haven't, I mean, I've, I've never crossed that line. But like I haven't, I have not been the nicest person either, right? So the, the shame of when I've been a perpetrator, not not in that way, um, but but you know, like using my word in the wrong way, right? So anyway, I had this, I had this uh, extreme charge with these people, and so um, what I couldn't figure out how to stop thinking about harming them. So I brought it to my men's group, which at the time was just a, a bunch of my friends who are, were in the are are in the mankind project community here or there in Canada, and they set up a scenario to get me into the deepest part of that anger that was available. So they would actually say, "Okay, so like, you know, what might they have been thinking while they were doing that, or while he was doing that?" And then I just you know, of course, I created this scenario in my mind when she was telling me. And so these, these things would come out of like what their thoughts would be or what their, what energy they were in while they're doing that, right? And so these people, my friends actually set up, so they started saying those things and, and hearing them out loud, you know, even though I created them, she didn't actually say that they were saying any of these things, but the, it was the messages that I took on, the beliefs that I took on or that I, that were activated within me about what happens in those types of, of experiences, they started saying them to me, essentially to trigger me. Yeah, so, so they got me into this thing. And, and it's cool because we've already built a container. Everybody knows everybody, like in that specific group anyway. Um, everybody knows these processes that we know. And so they actually set up a thing where I had to like burn off that energy in a safe way. So it was a, it was a, it could have looked very violent to some people, you know, like I got restrained and I had to break out of it, but it's in a very, it's designed a certain way. 
I had to like break out of that and to break out of that, that energy. And then to like mentally do the harm that I was wanting to do to the person. But, but that was just to kill. And I mean, I'm not, I'm just using the word kill, but that was to like burn off is a better way to say it. It's less violent to burn off that energy. Those, those stories that were playing in my mind those visuals and, and overcome them in my psyche. And, and so I do that by, by breaking free and then breaking through this restraint setup that they had built for me. And then like, you know, there was no physical harm ever comes to it. Well, I shouldn't say ever, but not intentionally, you know, we do it in a very safe way. Sometimes an elbow flies here and there, but you know, we, we got to the place where I had, you know, what's the beliefs about you, Ryan? What's the beliefs about humanity? And, and what's, what are those beliefs saying to you right now? It's like men are disgusting and evil. And like, you know, those beliefs are not new. So, but this is just an extreme triggering of them. So breaking through all those things physically broke through the beliefs also to the other side of them. And then when you're literally physically fucking exhausted <clears throat> and burnt out mentally and emotionally from like fighting these beliefs, uh, you kind of get to the other side for the win. And often it's this like relief and so I, I was able to do some work around that and get to the place that I, that I was, you know, the beliefs about myself and when I had perpetrated on people, uh, when I had used my word or my actions, um, you know, in a way that I still had hidden or suppressed shame around, I was able to break through the beliefs about myself that I'm a piece of shit, that I'm an asshole, that I'm a terrible man. So I was, and, and really it's like, yeah, sure. They did that thing or he did that thing, but it, I was also projecting my unresolved persecution of myself onto that scenario. And I really got to go to the other side of that, you know, and then they ask you questions like, so what else is true about you? Like, yeah, you have those parts of you that believe that, but what else is true? And, and what else is true is like, I care like deeply and I love deeply and I will fight for my people. And I, and I, and I, as often as possible, ask for forgiveness when I've, when I've done wrong and, and I can actually come to someone and apologize with my whole heart. So they get you to start saying that stuff on the other end once, once you've, that energy is gone, like you fought through enough. And if you fight through and it's still there, you fight through again until you got no more fight in you. You've literally like physically burnt off that energy. And then you reinstall something new into the psyche of your choosing. And this is why it's not a cult is because I choose what I want to put in there. Not someone else saying, Oh, you're a beautiful man. And you're so fucking gentle and whatever. Right? No, it's like, so what else is true about you? Someone might ask. Me. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm really caring. And I'm in like an altered state because I just went through an intense experience. I'm, I'm super caring and I'm super lover. And I care about people's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health deeply because I care about my own. And I forgive myself for when I was a piece of shit or whatever thing I was saying at the beginning. And so that led me to, you know, do some of some my own personal work about like letting go of like shame I had for being in those things. Right. And like you said, it's, it's, you know, it's from, from like relaxing and relieving over on this side to like monumentally energetically different afterwards to where 
those thoughts don't come back anymore or those emotions don't come back anymore. Those projections onto someone else. I mean, I was told of other rapes after that, uh, but it was a different, I mean, I was told of a bunch of them, but it was, uh, it was a different experience each time. And I had to do a lot of work around that. Like, um, you know, each time I was told I had to do, like I did some serious grief work around the state of the world. And like, and it was connected with grief from when I was a kid of like, you know, losing, losing people, like, you know, from death or from divorce or whatever. So it was like this whole losing and it connected with loss of innocence, you know, like loss of their own sovereignty over their body. Um, that's, you know, so, so it's, that's where the magician comes in is it connects to a lot of things. And so when those projections don't come up anymore, when those, those deep, intense emotions don't come up anymore, when those like, these crazy energies that take over and, and for some people they actually go do they go do that bad thing they go kill someone like people kill people because of that you know and so to be free of those things then gave me you know safety and peace in one way but then the, the deep desire to help others to you know maybe someone's on the path to becoming one of those people a rapist or a killer or whatever and to be able to do this type of work to where you know maybe we can shift that before something bad happens and really get them into their heart and into their wounds and open themselves and into community. It's not just about, you know, that sticky shit, but it's about the beautiful parts that are also there and the beautiful parts getting some time in between all these, these thoughts and emotions. But uh, yeah, it really created for me a, a strength, like an ability to sit in after, like since these four years, like I can sit with anybody and anything. Like I could sit with someone who's who's got a gun up to their head and be calm. You know, like I can sit in some pretty intense shit now because I've done enough work to be able to like sit and let the, let those things come in and let them come out and be fully present with someone yet not absorb it all myself and not make it mean anything about me or that I have to do something about the situation because of my reaction to it. You know, I can be there with that person. I can support them. I can help them. And I'm free from that energetic burden, you know, and, and there's still work to do, of course, but it, it's very freeing. It's very liberating. It's very, uh, I'm trying to say lightning, but not enlightening. It's like illuminating. It's like energy, the opposite of draining, uh, whatever that would be. Like, it's not energizing. It's energizing, but it's also just like, like, um, yeah, I would just say it's like freedom. It's like peace from these burdening thoughts and and emotions and like body sensations. So that's why I was uh, <laughs> trying to find one that I could use because that one kept coming to my mind, and I was like, no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it's too vulnerable. It's too vulnerable. It's too real. <laughs> Those aren't my stories. Like, I don't want to talk about that, but that was my experience. And I was, you asked me for the first one. That was the first one, and we kept coming back. So, there it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's super powerful. So, it's a great, great example. It's of- fucking intense. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing I ever did. And that's some of my best friends I met there. So we talk, we have these, these, these commonalities, as you and I do. You know, it's like, we have this intrigue with what's happening and, and what we're made of and why we do what we do. And mm-hmm. it's like, really, it's like my life now, not just men's work, but that, that whole world of exploration and 
adventuring into myself and and adventuring into the physical world and my and where my blockages are and connecting more deeply and more deeply with people. Cool. Well, that uh, so everybody get out there and do metal. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, if you have access to a men's circle around you, whether it's Mankind Project or any any other independent uh, men's groups, and I'm sure there's other organizations than MKP that are. Yeah, it might be a good time to plug some of those um, Mankind Project. Sterling Institute of Relationships, Sacred Sons. I don't know what they fully call themselves, but Sacred Sons group. I don't know. Uh, Brotherhood. There's a Samurai Brotherhood. There's there's a couple other ones that I don't remember. I've only heard their names once or twice, and I'm sure there's lots. Um, but if anybody's interested, just shoot us an email at uh, info at illuminatingman.com and either I or I will um, send you some links or send you some contacts. I know a lot of people in, in MKP around the world. So if you wanted to just talk with someone in your area about what that might look like, that's available too. So feel free to reach out. I'm always willing to talk to uh, help someone on their way. If it comes up, I don't know if it'll speak for you, right? But uh, you know, you can feel free to shoot us an email and, um, Absolutely. and connect around anything you might want or need. Um, around support for uh, your work or getting into men's work or supporting someone else or um, around the podcast, of course. Yeah. Man, I felt so official when I just said that shit. Like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> I think you do know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I meant like a, if I had a script in front of me. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. I was well, watching Eight Mile and the Freestyle Battles. Thanks. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the mission, uh, you can donate to us through PayPal, or I think that, uh, we're getting our Patreon. Yeah. We're hooked up on Patreon now. Okay. So we are on Patreon. So Patreon's on our Facebook page, uh, not on Instagram yet. Um, and if you want it, uh, you can also send an email over and, uh, by the time this, by the time this episode comes out, all that link should be available everywhere. So available now. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, I would uh, I would appreciate if anybody feels called to donate to us. We are uh, we're just doing this for now, and we're we're trying to make it into something that serves the planet. So, um, so we don't have to go work at Subway anymore, right? And uh, and hopefully we can. Also, upgrade uh, upgrade Ryan's sound so we don't hear those motorcycles anymore. Yeah, you know what? Actually, on Patreon, they have this thing where you can, uh, oh, once we get, and it's like a little goal, once we get this many followers or this much, um, this many Patreons or patrons or whatever they're called, I, I just did it today, uh, then we, we're going to get a new microphone. So it's kind of like this, like, you know, then the followers would be like, okay, we just need, like, you know, two more followers or whatever, or like a little bit more percent towards the goal. And then, and then we don't have to listen to his fucking knockoff Apple headphones and motorcycles anymore. <laughs> so maybe that's incentive enough for people to, uh, to hook up with Yeah. I don't know, man. Central America. Yeah. What can you do? It's the content. The content is what's, what's important, but 
Yes. We do want to make uh, the sound good for everyone who's <laughs> listening as well. So that's that's definitely a priority. Nice. Don't expect it to look and sound like this for forever. <laughs> no, we know. We know that we suck right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it anyway. Okay, that, cool. That's a well, core belief that we could dig into, maybe. Well, it's okay if if we if we, if we see the belief and then we're just going to keep going anyway with courage and bravery. True. And you know what? People are going to think we suck, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> and then it's all good. Anyway, uh, cool, man. It was nice to sit with you again. And I will talk to you very soon. And thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you all. Good night.